You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Good. How you doing? Okay. This is uh, season three, episode 17, also known as episode 53. And uh, is your apartment in the Sherry Netherland on fire? No, no, no. That wasn't me. No, I think that was on the 18th floor. I'm up a little higher. So Did they put it out? I don't know. I don't know what happened with that. That was the... Uh, the guy, what was he? He's Steve Bannon's, uh, well, I guess he's Steve Bannon's patron. And yes. uh, there was some kind of crazy uh, thing where he owed money to the Sherry Netherlands. And they think that he set the fire or something. But I, I, I never checked in today to see what was uh, hmm. what was going on with that. Well, they arrested him at 6 a.m. Was that yesterday? I guess so. Yeah, that's yeah, when they 6 usually. 6 a.m. yesterday. And uh, then when the FBI was in the apartment, a fire broke out. Right. And uh, it was, I think they said that it uh, was damaging or destroying his apartment in the, in the Sherry Netherland. And if you lived above him, that was very scary because I'm sure uh, the smoke must have come up. But anyway, I guess we'll, we'll be hearing more about that story. Um, uh, what is the other big headline today? Uh, well, everybody's waiting for indictments. It didn't happen on the Ides of March. So, uh, well, the the grand jury that the Manhattan DA is using meets on Monday and Wednesday. Ah. So there was some talk that if they had time yesterday, they could have voted on the indictment, but that apparently didn't happen. So the earliest it would happen now would be Monday or I guess next Wednesday. Mm. So, uh, but it's unclear if Stormy Daniels is going to testify in front of the grand jury. So it was assumed that Michael Cohen was the last witness, but uh, they said that uh, Stormy Daniels was talking to the prosecutor. So I don't know how that's going to, how that's going to work out right so, uh, the, the uh, storyline i was following yesterday was um i guess trump changed his story right his tune he said that um you know okay he did pay one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in hush money but it had nothing to do with the campaign uh he just didn't want you know melania to find out but then Stephanie Walkoff, whatever her name is, Melania's former bestie, right. said, said that Melania knew about it. So it couldn't have been to keep the news from Melania. Uh, so, you know, my, my theory is that uh, there must be in the prenup something that says, you know, for every affair that becomes public, she, her, uh, her payout gets upped. Yeah, it, it's it's a strange, uh, strange situation. Um, he see, he was having an affair with that woman, Karen McDougal. Also, now wait, which... when you say well, affair with Karen McDougal, I, I if I'm not mistaken, uh, he he was more involved with McDougal than with Stormy Daniels. When he denies that he had an affair with Stormy Daniels, if it was just one, you know, evening 
would you would you call that an affair or or is he right about that uh i don't know maybe it was a rendezvous yes uh, not an affair yeah. he did not have an affair with stormy daniels it's kind of like well it depends on what the definition of is is so uh, any th- did we cover the indictment countdown well, yeah, I mean, it, it It seems like there's a race to see who's going to indict him first, the, the lady mm. in Georgia or the, uh, the DA in Manhattan. I hope it's Georgia first. Yeah, that would be polite. And uh, the, you know, the, the earliest thing for Manhattan would be on Monday. So it's possible Georgia could go tomorrow. But who mm-hmm. knows? I mean, who knows? Sort of, at this point, it's, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Then we move on to the... Uh, uh, absolutely the last pandemic update. And um, I, I don't think I have any uh, news related other than when we were watching the Oscars uh, the other night, uh, I noticed that uh, all of the ads were for, you know, medications and Pfizer seemed to be, you know, like the platinum sponsor for the, for the Oscars, the Academy Awards. And there was a a commercial with the very catchy tagline, if it's COVID, Paxlovid. So uh, there was some news uh, today that um, I think the FDA approved it or something. So there there was an update since the... um, since the uh, Oscars, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, uh, what's his name? Kimmel was joking about all of the uh, pharmaceutical ads. Yeah. Well, you know, it's strange because like about the only thing I really watch on TV is the news. And it's just like the, like the CBS evening news is like nothing but pharmaceutical ads. Right. I mean, it's bizarre. And I guess they figure, well, it's an older audience. And, I uh, think only uh, people over 60 are watching television anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else is uh, on TikTok. I suppose. That's right. They're on TikTok. What's the, what's the latest on TikTok? Here, you, uh, do you go on there? I forget. Not, not really. Not much. Wait. Every now and then I will. There was a news item that uh, maybe they're going to ban it in the United States altogether. Yeah, yeah. The Biden administration is saying that the uh, the company should sell it. The Chinese ownership should get out of it or they might ban it. Okay. So uh, we'll see what happens. With well, that. if they want to pass it to me, I, I'll, I'll be happy to run it for them. Um, I, I don't know that. Uh, I, I don't even know how, how would you ban something like that? What, how, you know, well, I mean, just you, could, technically... you could make it illegal for Apple and Google to have the app in their stores. Maybe then um, if you ever had to update the software on the phone, uh, then they could code it so that if there was any, you know, that would recognize the banned apps and delete yeah. them, delete them during the update. I guess. But yeah, I mean, God, just think what a mess that would be. But uh, anyway. All right. So uh, on to the next uh, segment, that would be uh, Insurrection Week. So uh, I couldn't come up with anything other than the fact that, you know, here we are, the the Tucker Carlson, uh, you know, QAnon shaman, you know, showing him uh, shopping in the uh, gift shop. You know, uh, very peacefully, you know, picking out items in the gift shop. Uh, so we're back to the it was just uh, peaceful tourists narrative. Do you have anything more sensational than that? Uh, well, yeah. See, one of the the 
uh, after effects of Tucker Carlson's uh, extravagance of disinformation was that some of the defense lawyers were claiming that they hadn't gotten the footage that Tucker Carlson had. Uh, that was not true. The government had actually given the lawyers all that material. Sure. They, they, they had it. And the, uh, the, some of the prosecutors filed a, a, a motion in court the other day uh, pointing out that the uh, QAnon shaman was shown committing violent acts uh, throughout. There, there was only, I think it was from like 2.56 to 3 right. o'clock or something that there was like a four minute period where Tucker Carlson just cherry picked a few clips out of that. Mm-hmm. And that was like during a period where the, the guy was just walking around, um, you know, more or less dazed and confused. Well, and, and they said that, things out. Yeah, they said that, you know, this was a, a period where there were only one or two officers and that, you know, rather than try to get in, you know, tangle with him, they were just kind of uh, following him around, talking to him. And then they were trying to encourage him to exit right and and we knew that within a week or two of it happening because there was video in the senate chamber where there was one policeman uh and there's like 20 guys there and the policeman is just politely asking them to leave and uh mm-hmm. you know just trying to de-escalate it um you know you had people with stun guns you had people probably had knives on them the shaman had a spear mm-hmm. so the cop was just sort of uh trying to calm it down but anyway, we still they, don't know what uh, uh, Ashley Babbitt had in her backpack. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I'm, I assume the government does know unless the backpack just disappeared somewhere. Yeah. See, what, that's one of the things that happened was that they let a lot of these people just leave because they were so outnumbered that rather than have the cops detained by detaining people, mm-hmm. you know, and instead of having the cops processing prisoners, they needed the cops to keep fighting the people who were trying to break down the other doors. So, uh, you know, that's why some of this, some of this happened, but, right. uh, but anyway, the government did respond to Tucker Carlson in, in court and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, said it was all nonsense. The, the, you know, the version he was putting out. Uh, now, if we move on to who's the media, um, you know, I was going to say this Fox uh, scandal brouhaha continues, but uh, it occurs to me that we haven't talked about the banking mess, have we? Uh, no, but when we get to the game, it'll be a tangential oh, mention right. of uh, of the banking. Well, let's uh, talk about the uh, the banking mess before we get to the game. So, uh, who's the media? Uh, you know, supposedly I've seen. I mean, <laughs> if you look on Twitter. Uh, supposedly Twitter was responsible for the bank runs. So uh, I guess t- according to Twitter, Twitter is the media, but um, uh, I guess it's fair because, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of developments cropping up on Twitter, including the fact that it's, you know, breaking in new, new and different ways. Yeah. It acts really strange sometimes. Like you, you know, you, you go to, you know, check your messages and all of a sudden it's like stuff you saw before and you can't get new stuff or sometimes it, it, it's just weird. I mean, I think mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, when you fire everybody and just sort of let the thing coast along, um, it, you know, we've been saying for weeks, it'll probably get to the point where 
you know, one day it just breaks and that's it. So, uh, <laughs> and that's it. And yeah. so I guess they're waiting for, you know, either Trump indictment or, uh, some kind of, uh, shocking news from Ukraine when basically they can just let it, uh, blink off and then we'll, we won't know what's happening. Right. Well, that's part of the story with the bank failure is that, uh, people, I guess, starting on Thursday, were freaking out on Twitter and you had some of these tech bros in Silicon Valley who were apparently urging people to pull all their money out of the uh, Silicon Valley bank. And, you know, everybody is connected so, uh, so closely and so quickly that if everybody starts doing that, uh, you have a bank run, you know, it used to be a bank run. You'd have to like, you'd read something in the New York Herald Tribune and then you'd have to go down to the bank the next day and wait online and fill out the withdrawal slip. And now you can see it on Twitter and open the bank app on your phone and start transferring money out. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe Pretty we're amazing. really not, you know, we're not meant to be connected at this level. You know, <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, there were so many, part pieces to this there's the silicon valley bank right then there's a crypto aspect to it because um i think there was another bank signature bank was was uh involved somehow in clearing or processing crypto transactions yeah what i read was that they were one of the more crypto friendly banks which right, right away makes you queasy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that was a problem. Then there was uh, another smaller bank that they propped up today. But I mean, it, it sounds like things are more or less under control. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, you get these uh, panics on social media, which, you know, can be funny to a point. Like today, everybody was talking about Ron DeSantis eating pudding with his fingers. Yeah. You know, so everybody's making jokes about Ron DeSantis eats pudding with his fingers. And, uh -oh. you know, and it's funny that everybody talks about the same thing for a while. Mm. But every now and then something happens where it's like a real situation. Like, hey, yeah. everybody pull your money out of this bank. <laughs> and, oh, uh, God. You know, it's like the old uh, line about yelling fire in a crowded theater. Everybody... Everybody right. goes running for the exits. Mm -hmm. but, and that's, and apparently that is not protected speech. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's the old story about how that, you know, the first amendment wouldn't cover that. Now, see, it's an interesting thing because some of the people who were urging people to withdraw money from the bank, it's unclear whether that would have violated any law. Mm -hmm. um, it was Peter know, Thiel, wasn't it? He was one of them. Yeah. And some of, some of his, uh, his acolytes, right. some of his lackeys, mm -hmm. and uh, and some of the people around uh, Elon Musk also uh, right. were were freaking so, out. So is this uh, you know the Kremlin messing around with us? I, you always have to wonder, right? I mean, yeah. that's uh, you know, I mean, every time something like this happens, you you know, you have to wonder is somebody just you know yanking yanking their chains? Mm -hmm. I mean. Uh, you know, when you have characters like Peter Thiel, I mean, you know, you wouldn't put anything past him. I mean, right. he might have just wanted to create chaos because he thinks somehow he'll uh, he'll benefit from it. Mm. So, mm -hmm. you know, who knows? So uh, you say you have a, a game that's related to this? Yeah, well, the the the, uh, the famous Michigas or Malarkey game, mm -hmm. uh, what, what I will do is... Uh, 
I'll, I'll give you a set of facts. You'll, and you'll tell a story. To, yeah, a story or a set of facts, and you'll have to determine whether this is uh, something that's true but crazy, meaning it's Michigas, or is it something that's just completely made up and it's malarkey. Now, mm -hmm. uh, Franklin Roosevelt is often remembered for his fireside chats. Yes. Right? The, the radio addresses. Mm -hmm. Now, did the... The tradition of fireside chats, I mean, everybody always kind of remembers fondly, oh, the fireside chats, why don't, in fact, other presidents have tried to replicate the fireside mm -hmm. chats, and uh, it never really had the same, mm -hmm. uh, same magic. There was just something about Roosevelt on the radio for mm -hmm. years and years. Yeah. But did the tradition of fireside chats begin because Roosevelt wanted to go on the radio one night and inform the American people? about a banking crisis. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I remember him saying there is nothing to fear, but fear itself. Well, that, right. That was in his uh, first inaugural address. Mm -hmm. uh, so if he didn't say that on the radio, um, I'm just wondering. I mean, it would make sense if he went on to try to calm the markets, but you know what? I'll be counterintuitive. I'll say no. It wasn't. It wasn't about the uh, banking. So you you think that's malarkey? I think it's made up. Yeah. You think I made that up? Well, right. uh, what happened was on uh, this is actually from an article I wrote about the fireside chats a mm. few years ago. Um, on the evening of Sunday, March 12th, 1933, mm -hmm. only a week after his inauguration, mm -hmm. remember the inaugurations used to be on March 4th, mm. Roosevelt took to the airwaves. He began the broadcast by saying, quote, I want to talk for a few minutes with the people of the United States about banking. Mm. So what he did, he gave a 15-minute speech, and he explained his program for reforming the banking industry. Mm -hmm. Very good. And he asked for the public's cooperation. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the banks opened the next morning, now this was on a Sunday night on the radio. So when the banks opened the next morning, people had been kind of calmed down. That's and they, great. Uh, they stopped going to the banks and, and demanding their money. And then they were able to kind of get the banking system up on its feet again. So but, it's not it's not malarkey. No, 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 it's 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 Michigas. It sounds crazy, wrong. but it's true. The whole long tradition of the fireside chats mm -hmm. began because he uh, he gave a 15 minute speech about uh, the banking system. Interesting. And then, of course, it you know, that succeeded. And uh, two months later, he gave another speech about uh, finances. And then as the country kind of battled back from the Depression, he would go on the radio periodically. And then they mm -hmm. uh, they became known as the Fireside Chats. And of Very course, good. even in World, World War II, he continued it. All right. Well, anyway, that was an interesting um, game for this week. Very much, uh, you know, uh, on point. Um, so let's move on to hit list or shit list. And I just uh, put this up on the board at the last minute here. Been uh, here in, in, in this household watching uh, Freaks and Geeks on Hulu. And I don't know, were you a fan of the show when it was first airing? No, I watched it a few years after it was on. Mm -hmm. On um, I watched it on DVD, I remember. Oh, okay. Did you so see that... the whole season? It was only one season. 
I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know uh, what happens. No spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. No, a, a friend of mine uh, recommended it. Um, she's younger than me, but she had watched it and said, oh, you know, you might like this. It's, you know, sort of, uh, you know, this great show. And she, in fact, she was, it was kind of a typical thing at the time. People were watching it on DVD mm -hmm. and you would have people who were like, you know, evangelists for it, you know, mm -hmm. like telling everyone that, you know, they had to watch it. Right. And, uh, and so I, I think I, I probably got the DVDs from Netflix at the time. You remember uh, when they used to mail you DVDs sure, yeah. and the red envelopes, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I watched it. I loved it. It was great. It was really, uh, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I hadn't seen it at all. And, uh, I don't know, you know, oftentimes, uh, something on TikTok, you know, uh, sparks my interest in going back and looking at movies or TV shows, but maybe, maybe it was just, uh, something else I came across a post or a meme on Twitter or something, who knows? But anyway, I said, you know what, I'm going to take a look at that. I knew it, it was from, um, uh, who's the exact, uh, uh, Judd Apatow. And I, right. you know, I enjoy a lot of the, his movies. And then of course, you know, those actors are still working and still very popular. Seth Rogen, he was, I don't, was he actually nominated for an Academy Award? He was in that, uh, Fableman's movie. Uh, I don't know. He might've been, um, he, of course, he, he, pl um, he played the, uh, the best friend of the, of the father in it. But the, um, yeah, well, Linda Cardellini was later on Mad Men. Yes, yes, I, if, if I you saw remember, those, which, yeah, she which was kind neighbor. of a right, right, yeah, which was kind of an odd generational leap. She went from playing a uh, a high school student to um, the sort of the older woman across the hall. Yeah, but it was um, there were a lot of years in between. There were like decades in between, right? Well, a decade. Yeah. Well, she was older. Right. She was, I think she was like in her late twenties when right. she was playing, what was her name on the show? Lindsay? Was that it? Lindsay? Oh, on the show it was Lindsay. Yeah. Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. When she was playing Lindsay, I think she was already like in her late twenties, but she just, you know, could play a high school girl. Yeah. And she might've um, been 40 on Mad Men or something. Or right. Late so 30s. When she was, right. So, you know, Mad Men was like 10 years later, I mm -hmm. guess. So she, you know, but, um, and of course, what James Franco, of course, has been in a lot of stuff. Sure, then. and then and, then, and uh, still at it. And I, I don't know. There were some other people. I, I, it's been on my mind that I should, uh, I should go back and watch it again. There's some parts of it I remember, but mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of it I don't. There was 18 episodes, and uh, uh, you know, I think what they said. I was doing a little research that um, that uh, you know the guy who created it, Feig, I think it was, wrote wrote a pilot, and then he wrote a second episode, and then they combined the two into the first, you know, the first episode that that aired, and then I guess it was NBC, right? They kind of uh, bungled it. They didn't, you know, they didn't think it was going to succeed. It was too quirky. It was too, you know, downbeat. And, uh, and then they, uh, since the, you know, the creative team knew it wasn't going to get, uh, picked up for a second season, they started to really go dark and, and way out at the end. And, uh, I don't know if you remember the final episode, but, um, uh, you know, you, uh, it's probably near and dear to your heart. Yeah. 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 I remember it was, yeah, I guess it, it winds up with, uh, American beauty on the turntable. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, a lot of deadheads are, uh, are fond of that naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, well, it actually works beautifully for the show. Right. So it, right. Know, the, the one scene that I remember, and I don't remember what episode it's in is a, um, they go over to uh, a girl's house. The, the actress, Busy Phillips, plays yeah. this girl. And they go over to her house. <laughs> and and the house is sort of like, I mean, they're living in the house, but it's still like. It's being renovated. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's being right. And and you can see like the, um, you know, the electrical wiring yeah, and everything. Yeah, the naked yeah. Uh, studs, you know. The, right, uh... right. Exactly. And and no one lets on. Like everybody just acts sure, like this it's is totally. Normal. Yeah. And when I was in high school in Pennsylvania, I remember going over to some kid's house mm-hmm. and they had walls like that. Yeah. And, and I walked in and I thought, well, this is and no one. No one else seemed to think anything of it. So I thought, right. well, I guess, you know, I guess it's just the way it is with this family. You sure. know, they're in the middle of a project or whatever. Yes. And then years later, when I saw that on the show, I thought, oh, my God, that's so brilliant. You yes. Know, I, you know, like someone writing the show must have had the same experience. Exactly. That, uh, that I had where they walked into somebody's house and just, you know, saw that. And you know, whose name is all over the series, Mike White, the guy that's the creator of white Lotus. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah. And he, he uh, wrote a couple episodes and he might've even had a cameo in one of the episodes. It's pretty funny. Well, well, yeah, it was, it's an interesting show. It's like one of those things where, um, I guess because it just had its run and that was it, you mm-hmm. know, it will always kind of be, you know, frozen in amber like that, right. you know, it was never on long enough to, uh, to get bad. Yeah. But know? a lot of, right. That's right. But a lot of, uh, you know, uh, diehard, uh, fans and it's a cult classic. And I think I saw that, uh, uh, it, you know, it, it consistently ranks in the top 10 best, um, series, TV series of all time, you know, when they do the, polls you know whether it's the critics polls or the uh, popular polls yeah yeah no I, I i could see that yeah i think you know people have uh you know like i had it recommended to me and then mm-hmm. you know when i watch i i sure i i probably recommended it to other people so so uh, here it is a thumbs up on the uh, hit list and um what's coming up for us in the next week uh anything you're gonna apart from the indictments that you're watching for yeah, well, I don't know. Indictment, bingo. Um, when is know. the coronation? Oh, the, well, the coronation is not until uh, May something, okay, early but May. I, I, I heard that uh, Meghan Markle received an invite. Well, that's the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, she. Um, I, I suppose you know, it'll be like one of these deals where, oh, are they going to go? Are they not going to go? You know, right. I wonder if they'll have like the countdown clock on CNN or something, you know, as, <laughs> as, you know, as have Harry and Meghan made up their mind yet, you know, that's, that's entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Still exactly. to this day. All right. Well, we'll pick up next week. Okay. Have a good week. Bye. All now. right. Take it easy.